Section 4 of The National Geographic Magazine, Volume 9, December 1898. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in June 2021. President Alexander Graham Bell on Japan by John Hyde. The president of the National Geographic Society, Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, is now in Japan, where he has been received with distinguished honors. On October 22nd he was presented to the emperor in special audience, and on October 29th to the empress by special command. On November 6th he was entertained at dinner at the Imperial Hotel Tokyo by the International Journalists Association as a tribute equally to his illustrious scientific career and his philanthropic work in behalf of the deaf and dumb. The proceedings are reported at great length in the Japan Daily Mail of November 8, and the following abstract of the interesting address delivered by Dr. Bell in responding to the toast of his health is taken from the report in that journal. Beginning with a graceful acknowledgment of the honour of which he was that evening the recipient, and an expression of the pleasure he had derived from his long-looked-forward-to visit to that marvellously progressive country, Dr. Bell proceeded as follows. Hundreds of years have passed since Columbus, sailing westward, discovered the land of the setting sun, and now we looking seaward from that land see a new light upon the horizon and ask ourselves what is this strange effulgence what is this novel luminary which begins to glow in the firmament that question has been present in our thoughts for several years and it is with no small satisfaction that i find myself able to see your country more closely and to observe the conditions that give such earnest of a great future an eminent man of science in america professor marsh recently delivered a lecture of the teachings of geology and pointed out a very interesting fact he said that on examining the fauna of successive geological strata a series of progressions was distinctly visible thus the crocodile of one stratum was found to have a smaller brain than the crocodile of the immediately superior stratum and the latter a smaller brain than the crocodile of the next stratum, and so on. The same rule seems to apply to human beings. If we look back to the pit-dwellers of primeval times, we find a brain cavity perceptibly smaller than that of man in later eras, and it may be confidently said that the progress of the growth continues even to our own time. Well, gentlemen, Professor Marsh concluded his lecture with a remarkable statement. It was contained in a single, short sentence, but it was a very pregnant sentence. He said, It is worthy of note that the brain of the average Japanese is larger than the brain of the average European. I do not pause to draw any inferences, but I quote the fact as something of which you may be proud something which your recent history seems to illustrate small in stature if you like but large in brain and during my travels through your country i have been struck by the fact 
that nature seems to have prepared for you a great and prosperous career everywhere i see long ranges of lofty mountains with comparatively narrow plains lying between their feet and the coastline that indicates a grand gift it indicates that your country should be the very home of electrical enterprise for such a geographical formation shows that water power is available everywhere throughout the lowlands that reservoirs of force convertible into electric power can be formed at points within easy reach of all your centres of commerce and industry so that you are in the happy position of being able to base the economy of your country on electricity to drive your vehicles with electricity to substitute electricity for steam to carry on your manufacturing enterprises by the agency of electricity one cannot exaggerate the value of this boon which nature has conferred upon you and that you will one day utilize it fully may be confidently inferred i think from the story of your progress during the past twenty-five years i am particularly interested in observing that you appreciate the great truth which we in the west have come to recognize the truth that education is the basis of progress and prosperity educate the masses elevate their standard of intelligence and you will certainly have a successful nation that is what we tell ourselves and the latest reports of your department of education show that it is what you tell yourselves also for i learn from the reports if my memory serves me that no less than sixty-four per cent of your school-age children throughout the empire are receiving education and that in the case of male children the percentage is as much as seventy-nine those are highly creditable figures and they may be accepted as evidence that your progress stands on a really sound basis but i do not find things equally satisfactory throughout the whole field of education for whereas sixty-four per cent of your healthy children are receiving instruction only three per cent of your deaf and dumb are similarly fortunate your educational statistics show that among your children of school-going age there are no less than four thousand afflicted with the calamity of deafness how many of them are receiving education only a hundred and twenty think of what that means i do not speak much of the blind with them i have not had much to do their calamity seems too terrible it necessarily limits the range of possible effort on their behalf but the deaf and dumb appeal to our sympathy all the more strongly inasmuch as we can do much to assist them it is generally supposed that dumbness indicates some radical defect of the vocal organs in the vast majority of cases such a supposition is entirely mistaken dumbness comes from the fact that a child is born deaf and that it consequently never learns how to articulate for it is by the medium of hearing that such instruction is acquired put a japanese child in america and you find that it easily and without any apparent effort learns to speak english put an american child in japan and you will soon hear it speaking japanese the whole source of trouble then is that the ears of these unfortunates are closed their brains their minds are as fully developed or as capable of development as yours or mine 
imagine the horror of being shut off from the intellectual world that surrounds you debarred from all intercourse with your fellow creatures though all your faculties with a solitary exception entitle you to take your place in that world and enjoy that intercourse i am proud to think that we in america have recognized these facts and acted upon them the money devoted in america to the education of the deaf and dumb is two million dollars annually four million yen nearly as much as the total sum spent out of the public funds for all educational purposes in japan we have forty thousand deaf mutes in the united states and we have upward of eighty schools with an attendance of about ten thousand pupils in the city of philadelphia there is a school whose buildings and other property are valued at a million dollars or two million yen you in japan must have about twenty-five thousand deaf mutes in the empire and yet you have only two schools for their education one in kyoto and one in tokyo that is indeed a state of affairs that calls for remedy besides this is not a mere question of humanity it is also an economic question with proper education the deaf and dumb can be fitted for almost any walk in life all the range of intellectual achievement is open to them they can become authors they can become painters they can become journalists they can discharge a number of valuable and wealth-earning functions there are actually forty newspapers and periodicals in the united states written and edited by deaf mutes chiefly for the use of their fellow unfortunates we spend four million yen annually upon the education of our deaf and dumb but we find that their contributions to the wealth of the country after they are educated exceed that amount so that instead of being a burden to the state they become a factor of prosperity you see what interest this problem has from every point of view and you will agree with me i am sure that what japan is doing is sadly inadequate and that instead of only two schools in the whole empire you should have at least a school in every province as we have schools in every state of america you of the press are the eyes and ears of society and you can also be its leaders i know the immense influence you can exercise upon public opinion and i trust that you will exercise it in this noble and useful cause john hyde end of section four